0: Hello my friends, this is Nikki. Today we'll be reading from the poem of the man-god volume 1 Maria Valtorta and we'll be starting on page 93. Mary has just been visited by the Archangel Gabriel and has just consented to become the mother of the Lord, the Savior and she says when I came back to the reality of earthly life after the ecstasy that had filled me with inexpressible joy my first thought was for Joseph, a thought as sharp as a rose thorn that pierced my heart captured among the roses of divine love who had become my spouse only a few moments before. By this time I loved my holy and provident guardian Joseph. Since the time when by the will of God manifested to me by the word of the priest I had become married to Joseph I had the possibility of knowing and appreciating the holiness of that just man. When I became united to him, my dismay at being an orphan disappeared, and I no longer regretted the lost retreat of the temple. He was as sweet as my deceased father. With him I felt as safe as with the priest. All perplexity had disappeared, nay, it had been forgotten, so far it was from my virginal heart. I had in fact understood that there was no reason whatsoever for hesitation or fear with regard to Joseph. My virginity, entrusted to Joseph, was safe. But now, how could I tell him that I was a mother? I endeavored to find suitable words to give him the news, a difficult task, as I did not want to boast of God's gift, and on the other hand, there was no way of justifying my maternity without saying, THE LORD HAS LOVED ME AMONGST ALL WOMEN, AND HAS MADE ME HIS SERVANT, HIS BRIDE. NEITHER DID I WISH TO DECEIVE HIM BY CONCEALING MY CONDITION FROM HIM. AND WHILE I WAS PRAYING, THE SPIRIT OF WHOM I WAS FULL SAID TO ME, BE SILENT, AND TRUST ME WITH THE TASK OF JUSTIFYING YOU WITH YOUR SPOUSE. WHEN, HOW, I DID NOT ASK. I HAD ALWAYS RELIED UPON GOD. And I had always allowed myself to be led by Him. The Eternal Father had never abandoned me without His help. His hand had always supported, protected, and guided me so far, it would do so also now. Oh, how beautiful and comforting is faith in our eternal good God! He holds us in His arms as in a cradle, like a boat He steers us into the bright harbor of goodness, He warms our hearts comforts and nourishes us. He bestows rest and happiness, light and guidance on us. Reliance in God is everything and God grants everything to those who trust in Him. He gives Himself. That evening I elevated to perfection my reliance as a creature. Now I was able to do so because God was in me. Before I had the confidence of a poor creature such as I was, a mere nothing, even if I was so much loved as to be the faultless one. But now I had a divine confidence, because God was mine, my spouse, my son. Oh, what a joy to be one with God, not for my own glory, but to love him with a total union and say to him, You only are in me. Please assist me with your divine perfection in everything I do. If God had not said to me, Be silent, I would probably have dared say to Joseph, with my face bowed to the ground, The Spirit has penetrated me, and now the embryo of God is in me, and he would have believed me, because he held me in high esteem, and because like those who never lie, he could not believe that others lied. Yes, to avoid hurting his feelings in future, I would have overcome my reluctance to praise myself but I obeyed the divine command, and for months after that moment I felt the first wound pierce my heart. It was the first pain in my destiny of co-redeemer. I offered and suffered it in atonement and to give you a guidance for similar circumstances in life, when it is necessary to suffer in silence for an event that casts a bad light on you in relation to those who love you. Entrust God with the protection of your reputation and affections. If you deserve God's protection with a holy life, you can proceed safely. Even if the whole world is against you, God will defend you with regard to those who love you and will cause the truth to be known. So here we can see that Mary, even with the joy of having become a mother, she is feeling the suffering because she knows that her spouse Joseph will suffer when he realizes that she's become pregnant and does not yet know the source of her pregnancy that she is bearing the Holy Saviour, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and has conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Mary prays on this, and now she speaks to us about prayer. And she says, I only wish to draw your attention to the constant habit of Joseph and mine of giving priority to prayer. Tiredness, haste, worries, occupations never hindered our prayer. On the contrary, they helped it. It was always the queen of our occupations, our relief, our light, our hope. If in sad moments it was a consolation, in happy ones it was a song. But prayer was always the constant friend of our souls, It detached us from the earth, from our exile, and it raised us up towards heaven, our fatherland. Not only I, who by now had God with me, and I had but to look at my bosom to worship the Holy of Holies, but also Joseph felt united to God when he prayed, because our prayers were a true adoration of our whole beings, which melted with God by worshipping him and by being embraced by him. And please note that not even I, although I had the eternal God in me, not even I felt exempted from respectful homage to the temple. The deepest holiness does not exempt anyone from feeling a mere nothing with regard to God and from converting such nothingness into an endless Hosanna to God's glory, since He allows us to do so. Are you weak, poor, faulty, Invoke the holiness of the Lord, holy, holy, holy. Invoke the blessed Holy One to assist you in your misery. He will come and instill His holiness into you. Are you holy and rich in merits in the eyes of God? Invoke the holiness of the Lord just the same. It is infinite and will increase yours. The angels who are superior to the weaknesses of mankind do not cease singing their sanctus not even for an instant, and their supernatural beauty increases with each invocation of the holiness of our God. Imitate the angels. Never divest yourself of the protection of prayer, which blunts the weapons of Satan, the malice of the world, the incentives of the flesh and mental pride. Never lay down this weapon which causes heaven to open and pour out its graces and blessings. The world needs a shower of prayers to be purified from the sins that draw punishments from God. And since only few people pray, those few must pray as if they were many. They must multiply their living prayers to make up the necessary amount to obtain graces. Prayers are living when they are flavored with true love and sacrifice. So here Mary reminds us that our greatest shield against evil is prayer. If you're feeling sad or lonely, depressed, disheartened, angry, resentful, bitter, frightened, you can use prayer to unite yourself with God and God will strengthen you and protect you and shield you from the negativity in the world, shield you from the barbs of Satan who tries to draw you down, down, down into his depths. Instead, by praying and, re- and uniting yourself with God, he lifts you up and holds you in his arms and gives you love and peace and comfort. And Mary says, always remember to pray. Always remember to connect yourself with God, to strengthen yourself here in this world against all evil that will attack you. Now we'll continue on. Mary has told Joseph that she has been informed that her cousin Elizabeth who is advanced in age is expecting a baby and she wishes to visit her and joseph escorts her most of the way to elizabeth and zacharias's house so we continue now on page 101 mary enters the house and a fairly old woman appears at the top of the staircase on one side of the house her face is all wrinkles and her hair is very gray her present very obvious pregnant condition is a strange contradiction to her evident old age. As soon as she sees and recognizes Mary, she raises her arms to the sky and utters, Oh! with such joy and surprise. She then rushes as fast as she can towards Mary. Also Mary, who always moves very quietly, now runs as swift as a little deer and reaches the foot of the staircase at the same time as Elizabeth and she embraces with great affection her cousin who is crying with joy at seeing her. They remain embraced for an instant and then Elizabeth detaches herself exclaiming "Ah!" an exclamation of mingled joy and sorrow and she places her hands on her enlarged abdomen. She bows her face and turns red and pale alternately. Mary and the servant hold out their hands to support her because she staggers as if she were unwell. But Elizabeth, after a moment of concentration, lifts her face, which is now so bright that she looks much younger. She then looks at Mary with evident veneration, as if she sees an angel. She bows in a deep salutation, exclaiming, You are blessed among all women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb how did i deserve that the mother of my lord should come to me your servant there at the sound of your voice the child leapt out of joy in my womb and when i embraced you the spirit of the lord whispered deepest truths to my heart you are blessed because you believed that it was possible for god also what does not appear possible to the human mind you are blessed because by your faith You will accomplish the things the Lord predicted to you and the prophets foretold for our times. You are blessed for the salvation you have brought to the house of Jacob. You are blessed for the holiness you have brought to my son, whom I feel leaping with joy like a happy little kid in my womb because he feels free from the burden of guilt and is called to be the predecessor, sanctified before redemption by the Holy One who is growing within you. So Elizabeth, upon meeting Mary, has experienced a supernatural phenomenon. Jesus, in the womb of his mother, has blessed and sanctified John the Baptist in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth. For John, original sin has been removed by Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has spoken to Elizabeth and made it clear to her who Mary is and the fact that she is now carrying the Saviour, and that she is the spouse and mother of God. Mary, with two tears that run down like two pearls from her sparkling eyes to her smiling lips, with her face raised to heaven, and also her arms raised up, exclaims, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, From now on will all ages call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear Him. He has shown might with His arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry He has filled with good things, The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary has put her hands on her breast, kneeling down, stooping to the ground, adoring God. Now Zacharias is arriving, says Elizabeth, touching the shoulder of Mary, engrossed in prayer. My Zacharias is dumb, God has punished him because he did not believe. I will tell you later, but now I hope that God will forgive him because you have come, you full of grace. And here, what Elizabeth is talking about is that Zacharias, a priest of the temple who should have shown great faith in the Lord, doubted his wife when she told him that even at her advanced age, God had created a miracle and had given life to her womb, and as punishment, God took Zacharias' voice away from him and he's been unable to speak for many months. Zacharias is writing questions down on a wax tablet asking Mary how her life is with Joseph. He has been denied all supernatural light about Mary's state and her condition of mother of the Messiah. Elizabeth goes near her husband Laying her hand on his shoulder, in a loving attitude, as if she were caressing him chastely, and she says to him, Also Mary is a mother, rejoice over her happiness. But she does not say anything else. She looks at Mary, and Mary looks at her, but does not encourage her to say more, and Elizabeth keeps silent. Here I'd like to talk a little bit about Mary's first act as the new mother of the Savior and it is an act of charity, charity towards another. Mary's first act is to leave her home and to travel to go and visit her cousin Elizabeth who is elderly and pregnant and will be soon bearing her own son John the Baptist. Mary's thought is for someone else and when we discuss the rosary which we will be doing soon uh, you will see that the visitation uh, the act of charity towards another is one of the virtues discussed in the rosary. One of the aspects of being a good Christian, a loving thy neighbor, in uh, following in the footsteps of Mary and of Jesus is to think about others. And Mary always shows uh, by example how we should live these virtues. So we've seen in this class how Mary has tremendous joy in conceiving uh, the Savior by the power of the Holy Spirit but at the same time a thorn pierces her heart because of the sorrow she knows uh, that Joseph will suffer when he discovers that his virginal bride is carrying a child and has not yet been informed uh, as to the fact that she's carrying the Son of God. Mary also makes the first step towards traveling to visit her cousin Elizabeth and helping her out, so she shows a great act of charity and love towards others uh, as the mother of the Savior and the mother of mankind.